We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's liquid death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called liquid death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors... Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Injury Report as we preview the Bills versus Packers game over in Buffalo. I am your host, Matt Freilich. Alongside me, once again, is Eli Berkovitz, Janelle Mackey. Guys, great to get the squad back together. Uh, Halloween weekend, uh, any Halloween plans, or are we just going to go as Aaron Rodgers because he's been kind of a joke uh, all season? Janelle, I'll start with you. Um, No Halloween plans, like Halloween specific. I mean, I have stuff going on Monday. I'll be running clinics, so um, nothing too crazy. I think my nieces have already done their trick-or-treating because there's like a town event that already happened so I have no excuses to go out and get free candy or anything like that but yeah nothing crazy I'm kind of boring no parties planned just you know it's just another weekend for me (laughs) understood did you did you enact the ant tax on the the trick-or-treat bag of candy or is that you just let them get away scot-free well I mean my oldest niece is like not even two years old so like would she really even know if nope. I sneak a couple Snickers bars or something out of her bag this weekend, probably not. 
Yeah. I'm going to be taking her to the park and everything. The least she could do is give me some free chocolate. All good. All good. Uh, Eli, any Halloween plans for yourself, sir? Are you just going to, you know, try to find Um, some random strangers to get candy from? So I'm not going to go up to strangers asking for candy. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster for a number of reasons, but um, I don't know. I think I'm going to try to do something. It seems like fun, even though I really never do anything on Halloween. I'm not a candy person, which I'm sure a lot of people will not be happy to hear. Like I would be that guy who would be like happy to go to someone's house and like they were giving out like hot dogs or something random oh, over like, candy. Yeah, I'm taking a hot dog over candy. You don't, yeah. you don't like any candy? The only candy I like is, well, there's some chocolates I like, but is that candy? Is chocolate candy? Yeah, definitely. But like, it's not like any of the. Oh, didn't we do this, Jen? Once on open book. Are you like like you only like high end chocolate or something like that? Um, I wouldn't say high end. I would say medium end. <laughs> no, but I mean the one the one Reese's is an automatic uh, oh, W. So that, that I mean chocolate and peanut butter always wins. So that I have to give to. But like candy, like like whatever other candies, like. I just don't do. I can't even name another candy outside of chocolate. I don't know what it like. Whatever, like gummy bears or I don't know what it is. Skittle. I don't know. I don't need it. What's wrong with you? Um, I love. No, candy. I, I, There's I, like I, not I, a lot of candy I won't eat. I love candy. I've got a yeah. sweet tooth, and this is the best time. You know, November first is gonna be a good day because candy is gonna be on sale. Discount candy. Then I'm gonna be in trouble. Oh, Absolutely. um. Yeah, I, I like Walgreens. I always see they have that aisle that's always Halloween candy. And then the day after, I always buy and then I don't eat it. But it's fun. That is a good day. And then Eli's favorite day, obviously, is July 5th. You get all the discounted hot dogs in at that exactly. point after 4th of so, July. Okay. You right. All your, your meats that you're going to be grilling for the end of the summer through the winter. That's my holiday for sure. And what I'll be doing is we just moved into a new house like, I don't know, a couple months ago in like a neighborhood that actually celebrates trick or treat. Uh, so I'm definitely going to be trying to scare some kids, like sitting in the lawn in a lawn yeah. chair in like a scary you're, outfit. You're more the trick than the treat house. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, Andrew will be giving up the treats. We have a plenty of uh, candy that we've dipped into, chocolate and non-chocolate that we've had. We've had to test, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's, I'm pretty pretty ecstatic for to see this. My dad did this many years ago, so I'm pretty pumped to see what it looks like on Monday for us. But no one came I here do, to take... I do like handing out candy. Handing out candy is yes. fun, but 100%. I think I might get home too late to be able to go over to my parents, because I live in an apartment, so like... Yeah, it's tough. I can't hand out candy to like the maybe one or two you kids should, in my building. You should tag kids from your window. That would be fun. Also oh, an option. <laughs> but I, option. I usually will hand out candy, and it's like, I feel like a kid when like somebody rings the doorbell, and I'm like, oh my gosh, gotta get the bowl, and but I don't know if I'll be able to do this that year this year because I might get home a little too late and you know it starts at like sundown and then yes. you're like who knows what's gonna yeah. be going on by the time I get home from work. So all like the older kids out causing a ruckus in the neighborhood. Yeah, I haven't been able to do it for like ten years, so I'm looking absolutely forward to it as like a 32 year old adult to pass out candy to kids. <laughs> but no one came here for our. I mean, this is definitely another episode. Maybe uh, which which Halloween candy or which ho- candy represents a Packer on the team. Maybe something, you know, again, we just write these down for June, July when we just don't have anything to discuss and we get into those, but we got to get into this injury report guys. So we'll start on the, we'll start on the Bills side. You know, I'm going to just take Liberty with that. The bills is very limited here. Um, Spencer Brown tackle for them. DNP all week. He is out with an ankle injury. Um, one notable one that I thought was interesting, just going straight down this list was Stefan Diggs. 
Um, not listed all week. It looks like he took some veteran time off, but also like didn't practice on Friday and wasn't listed on Wednesday or Thursday. That's kind of interesting to me. Um, but well, I mean, I think we'll, I don't, it would be shocking if he doesn't play, but we'll definitely know obviously before the game, middle of the day when we're watching red zone and whatnot, uh, Taiwan Jones <clears throat> backup running back. He's bounced around the league a lot. Normally a special teamer. He was a full participant on Friday with his knee injury. Uh, he is questionable. And outside of that, no one else has an injury designation. Notable names on the list, Cam Lewis, cornerback. The defensive backfield has been very, very banged up for the Bills thus far this year. Uh, Jordan Poirier also with some veteran rest, but he is also a safe that has been banged up from time to time. Jordan Phillips, big D tackle. He's good to go with some veteran rest. Uh, Mitch Morse, elbow. Their starting center, I believe, has battled that all um, the last week, but he is a full participant as of Friday. Two other notable ones here. Von Miller, veteran rest. Um, similar situation looks like as Stefan Diggs. Both didn't, were unlisted on Wednesday and Thursday. I don't know if this is a typical thing for the Bills that they don't list guys. Tip. I mean, normally, like for the Packers, when we see Mercedes Lewis, which we'll get to, it's like not listed on Wednesday. <clears throat> and they'll actually say if you participate or not. So that's interesting for both those veterans. But he did also not participate on Friday. And then the big one, of course, uh, Jake Kumaro, ankle. Limited participant, full participant on Friday. It looks like he'll be battling against his former team. Um, and that'll just be an interesting dynamic to see the pictures and the memes and whatever else comes on the sidelines. I mean, before the, the Packers game. are in need of a receiver. Like, can we just sign him before the game starts and just get him a new jersey? I would, I would trade all of our picks <laughs> immediately. I mean, can we just like borrow him for this game? He has the the good relationship with Rodgers. We're kind of down some receivers right now. Like, do they really need him? Like, can we just borrow him for this and game? And I don't know. <laughs> typically, I used to be able to watch uh, the Pat McAfee segment with Aaron on Tuesdays live. Now with just a different schedule change, I've been having to watch it after the fact. So that's it definitely gets me some FOMO throughout the day because people are reacting to it or whatever. And I listened to it this week. I didn't react as crazy as some people did when seeing some clips and stuff. The stuff, some of the stuff I think that was tongue in cheek taken out of context. But when he mentioned um some like he said something about good offensive players over there, you know, they have Jake Kumaro. I almost like I almost spit out my water. I was I thought it was the funniest thing. I don't know if you guys caught there or anyone listening to the episode today, but it was it was hilarious, like just that he actually mentioned that. So I'm sure there'll be a dap up sesh, some bro hugs between uh, Kumro and Rogers before the game. But guys, truly like the thing right now for the Bills, like I mentioned, they've been banged up in that secondary. I think that's a spot where the Packers can take advantage. Um, unfortunately, we haven't really been able to move the ball all that well this year. So I think at the end of the day, like they're like, Xavier Rhodes is still banged up. He's not a big contributor. Tredavious White did. I I want to say they were going to try to activate him this week. He didn't get activated. So like Micah Hyde, I know Janelle, you're a huge fan of him as, as Eli and I are too, but I feel like you're always talking about on the timeline. He's been eye on, on IR all year. So like their secondary is super, super banged up. And I think, I mean, we have been beating the drum on like having a, a comeback game for the Packers, whether it be Aaron Rodgers in this offense, like, it just seems like another scenario. It could be a shootout with the offense that the the Bills have, but the Packers that just have to show up. Like their their offense has to be able to push the ball down the field and take advantage of you know this weak secondary that they currently have. So I mean, is there is there another scenario? Or is, is there anything before we guys to get to the uh, the Packers side of the injury report, Eli? Like that you see maybe a, a path of uh, success for the Packers here? Or do you expect the Bills kind of to handle them? Um. I don't know. I mean, I think it will be closer than most of the you know world will think. Right. And as we were kind of saying on Open Book the other night, uh, me, Jen, and Zach, uh, 
that this kind of has that feeling of like a classic Packers lose somehow to the commanders and then beat the bills. And maybe that's just being hopeful and optimistic. And I wouldn't necessarily, obviously I wouldn't put money down that that happens, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as surprising to me as I'm sure the rest, you know, as the average football fan, but also, I don't know. I just, I, I think they could actually compete in this game. It's really going to come down to probably, you know, who can make plays in the second half, stay with it. And potentially the turnover battle can very easily end up being a huge factor in this game. So it's just getting back to Packers football. Don't turn the ball over. Rodgers play a good, clean game, get the run game going. And the defense, they're not going to, I doubt they'll win the game for anyone, you know, but then don't break, you know, do enough that Josh Allen doesn't run right through you the whole game. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hope Aaron Rodgers gives you a chance down the stretch. I think just going up against Josh Allen, the way he can run, right, is something that, yeah, like that's a, that's a scary situation when, you know, you've seen him line up and they power him and they're not running as much as with Lamar Jackson, but just being such a physical presence. And he's got all these receivers that he's been able to sling the ball around. It's, it's, Honestly, like I'm just like waiting for these the Packers to come to life. I don't know if this is the game. It's a super tough test, but like it does seem like very often, maybe not Matt Lafleur, uh, which I won't really get into. It doesn't seem like he rises to the occasion, but it seems like a Aaron Rodgers led team will rise rise to the occasion. Um, in a game like this, primetime game, literally us against the world. We shouldn't even be in this game typically because I mean, like I said, the Bills are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league right now. But at the end of the day, like something's got to give to turn this team around. So I think this could be the game. So let's get to the uh, Packers side of the ball in the injury report. More notable things to get to. So obviously we tease that until the end of the episode because why not? David Bakhtiari, limited participant um, Wednesday and Friday, and then DNP on Thursday, kind of just giving a day of rest on that Thursday with the knee. Questionable to play. Surprise scratch on you know 90 minutes before the game on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers had spoke about it a couple times throughout the week in his post-game press conference and on McAfee that he didn't even know about it until um, the rest of the world did 90 minutes before the game. So we're back in the, the carousel that is David Bakhtiari's knee injury. We'll see how it goes. I thought the offensive line performed well this last week. Um, unfortunately, they will still have a tweaked Elton Jenkins, um, depending where he slots in. He went to the left guard last week. I think it'll be a completely new setup this week with just um, – they had mentioned how Josh Neisman didn't get much reps at left tackle. So they had a, they, it, as he did in right tackle throughout the week of last week. So that's why they put him there. I think it's going to be a completely new five, uh, maybe not a brand new five people, but just a, a carousel there. So offensive line, I've heard this already, still a factor in this game. Um, so both of those gentlemen, our best offensive linemen are questionable. We will stick on the offensive side of the ball. Once again, as I already mentioned, Mercedes Lewis, just veteran rest, doing what Big Dog does. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still with the thumb. I think there's some factor that we need to play into that. But at the end of the day, sometimes when Rodgers has an injury, it's almost like he uses it as a crutch once in a while or gets up a little bit slower when he had the calf injury. Um, it's come out that it's been a little bit more serious than it was years past. But with the thumb, still questioning it, still concerned. We get now to the receiving core. Sammy Watkins, limited participant all week with the hamstring. That really doesn't mean much to me because – he could be a full participant all week with the hamstring and then all of a sudden just tweak it on Sunday's game. He did come up lame on that deep ball, uh, which I think it was notable. And he, I don't know if he ever returned to the game after that point. 
Christian Watson, also sharing a hamstring injury with his boy, Sammy Watkins. He's questionable for the game. Uh, notable that Sammy Watkins doesn't have a designation as of Friday where Sammy or Christian Watson does. Hopefully those guys can contribute. The big one on the offensive side of the ball is, again, the Packers will be out with one of their wide receiver ones. It feels like they have four of them at this point, depending on the week, but that would be Alan Lazard with his shoulder injury. DNP all week, he said he heard a snap crackle pop. I believe that was on Thursday or Wednesday they discussed that. He is completely out of this game. Really the only reliable factor they've had throughout this whole year in the receiving game. Um, and then finally on the defensive side of the ball, Sean Gary had that weird concussion that popped up. Um, kind of strange. He progressed throughout the entire week, which is great. He is questionable. You never know with the concussions. And then Shamar Jean Charles, who's contributed well on special teams, pretty solid in dime packages when he's had to have been called on when some other guys ahead of him have gone down. He is out for the game. So four questionable gentlemen for the Packers, being two offensive linemen, Rayshon Gary, Christian Watsons, and then Gene uh, Charles is out and Alan Lazard. So ton to get to you guys. Um, Janelle, I'm going to start with you here. What's I guess position group is more concerning for you, the tackles, the receivers, or is there even just like Rayshon Gary? You're like, holy shit. Like that could be a huge factor if they're going to slow down um, Josh Allen. You may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9am meeting? It isn't beer. It's liquid death. So why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with three grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, obviously three big positions. And Gary, who has been kind of one of the most consistent players of the season mm -hmm. and kind of that core piece of the defense, who knows what could happen that game. 
without him out there, you know, he's kind of become one of the leaders, um, like with his performance and all that stuff, just kind of one of the guys who consistently shows up. So that could definitely pose a threat to a really good Bills offense. So that would definitely, you know, like who who's going to step up if Gary is out with that concussion? You know, that's definitely a name that is scary. So it's like we're looking at other position groups, but it's like the fact that he as a single player kind of almost ellipses what you could be missing from like three or four other guys. It's really concerning. So hopefully, um, you know, he was a full participant today as we record this on Friday. So that's super promising. Um, so hopefully that means, you know, he didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, full Friday. So I'm really hoping that means that he'll um, be out there because this is already going to be a super tough game for a struggling Packers team that, you know, if you miss one of your best players, it could really um, take away any opportunity you have to really win this game. Um, other than that, I think that I would probably – I'd probably go tackles next just because it kind of all starts with that offensive line. If there's no protection, Rodgers doesn't have as much time to throw, which then it doesn't even matter who's running routes out there. Um, if Rodgers can't find him, if he can't see him, if he's on the ground, whatever's going on. Um, it also impacts the run game if the blocking is there. So having banged up tackles, obviously not great either. Um, and, you know, who knows what Elton Jenkins would play at this point. Um, he could be anywhere on that line, but, you know, obviously the, the line has been, um, troublesome this year. So you want to see guys start to get healthier and like, you want to quit seeing them on this injury report. And I don't want, I also don't want the injury report to be kind of like a crutch as to why they're performing the way that they are. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's, we've talked about it all year obviously because Bakhtiari has been on it all year and he finally did come back but it's just it, it all starts in the trenches there and I think once they can get that figured out hopefully it kind of creates a domino effect for the offense um, you know just if one piece can start to click hopefully that kind of creates a chain reaction and then other pieces of that offense start to click as well so even though they're on the injury report hopefully if they do go out there and play or if, you know whoever comes in for them if they don't um, they're able to kind of put up a good front this weekend and hopefully that just gets things clicking. Cause then, you know, obviously Rogers down some targets or, you know, has limited targets and who knows, um, you know, Christian Watson is just a question mark every week. You never know if you're going to have him or if you're not Sammy Watkins coming off of an injury didn't look super promising against the commanders. And then, you know, you lose your biggest target kind of one of your most consistent guys on that offense in Lazard. So, I mean, if you can get that offensive line under control, hopefully that makes it easier for Rodgers to find time to connect with younger guys that you might have to rely on, like Dobbs. Um, I mean, it just – it's. I feel like we've had injury reports with a lot of guys on them multiple weeks, but as it gets tougher – you know, as the record, like, isn't promising, it's like these injuries become more and more important. And obviously, you know, because he's on IR, Cobb isn't on this list, but he's another receiver who's down. And it's just making it hard for a struggling offense when half the offense is on injury report every week as well. And I don't want to kind of make that like an excuse, but like, it's got to be tough when you're not performing up to your standard, but you're also, you know, battling other things out there it's 
you know, you, you want to find a way to come together. And, you know, who's not on the list is Jones and Dylan. Mm-hmm. Maybe use them because everyone else on your offense is hurt. Like, yeah. literally. <laughs> like, this no, entire I, board is, like, the, off- the starting offense. You painted a damn good picture, Janelle, just about, like, you know, Rayshon Gary first you started there. And I think huge contributor, like we talked about Spencer Brown, their right tackle. And with Mitch Morris, like you're dealing with two guys on that offensive line that might not be there. Or if they are there, I mean, Spencer Brown is already out. And we also had Morris who did progress through that elbow, but like, we'll see how that operates having to go up against Kenny Clark there. But I think, you know, the picture that you painted, I think that I'm not going to put the receivers aside because I think there is something there, but it, I think it's kind of just a rotating door who's able to go. Um, and we really haven't seen too much of a variant bet- from success from Aaron Rodgers. A lot of it, I think, it has to do with Dobbs, depending on his ceiling, where it can go. Um, Alan Robinson, oh, or excuse me, Alan Lazard, always a con- consistent contributor for Rodgers and just in the running game and just the way he blocks. But I think the big one you mentioned is, I think it's definitely for me, the the offensive line, just because I think that's the path, how the Packers can win this game. Three yards, four yards, cloud of dust in the trenches, like you mentioned, ball control. Um, Eli, what are your kind of your thoughts on these injuries? And do you kind of think that's the path that the Packers have to get to? Or do you see it being a shootout somehow with Dobbs stepping up and then maybe a couple of these receivers um, that are able to battle through these hammies? Uh, yeah, well, one name I definitely wanted to bring up is Christian Watson, because I just think if he can manage to play, there's not really going to be a better opportunity for him to start making an impact and just for Rodgers and the offense to start using him more and targeting him and actually throwing him the ball, not handing it off or throwing a screen or doing a jet sweep, like throw him the ball. Essentially, I feel like he hasn't gotten any kind of downfield target since the first play of the season, which is just ridiculous to me. Um, One drop, it's basically defining the entire first half of his rookie year, and we'll see how long it continues. When in reality, one drop, it doesn't define any receiver, no matter what, if it's the first play of your career or your Devontae Adams, you drop a ball, doesn't mean you shouldn't get on a target the rest of the year. So he needs to start getting used. But I kind of agree with both of you, honestly. I mean, obviously, Rashawn Gary is extremely important to this team, but seeing that he was a full participant today definitely makes me feel a little bit better about his availability. So for me, it's looking at this offensive line, and knowing you're going up against Von Miller and even against the banged-up Bills defense, they always manage to play good defense. Sean McDermott, great defensive mind, and they'll they'll put together at least a solid performance, if not above solid, most likely. So you need to know that you're going to have your guys out there, and even more so than just this week, I just I want to see David Bakhtiari back out there and not have to worry, is this going to linger even more? Okay, he missed one game whatever it's kind of weird but you know he's managing it maybe that'll happen fine but we don't want to see this turn into a multi-week thing and then all of a sudden you're really nervous about this knee holding up long term so i really want to see bakhtiari back and i think elton should play um so if you get bakhtiari back you could be looking at the healthiest the packers line has been all year and hopefully they put together the right five the right combination and they go out there and give rogers time and like jen said maybe more importantly, and probably more importantly, opening up run lanes for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Because as we say basically every week on the show and anywhere else anyone will listen to me, the Packers got to run the ball to win the game. I'll never stop saying it. And that's coming from, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, one of his bigger supporters. But the Packers <laughs> need to run the ball. It's just that simple. Yeah. So I'm looking at Bakhtiari. I'm looking at Jenkins and uh, just seeing how they're going to construct that offensive line. But 
I do think, uh, like I said, whether it's Watson or Dobbs or even Toure, I mean, who knows if who's going to be on the field this week. If someone's going to have an opportunity, it's kind of honestly, this game's giving me a lot of Arizona le- le- vibes from last year. They were undefeated, going on the road into Arizona. No one really gave the Packers a chance. And the defense stepped up, played a solid game. And remember, the Packers did not have Devontae in that game, do not have Alan Lazard in this game. Not to compare the two, but the number one receivers on the team at the time. But the defense played well. The offense made enough plays. And then, obviously, Razul Douglas sealed it off at the end. But that's what the Packers are going to need, a good defensive performance, control the ball, keep it out of Josh Allen's hands, and hope your someone makes a play at the end of the game to give them the win. It's awesome that we all agree on like the strategy that has to go forward, and I think it's pretty obvious. One thing I forgot to mention with Janelle had brought up is if Bakhtiari can't go, the one thing that I've seen the, this far thus far this year is when Bach's not out there, Rodgers is less confident, and it doesn't matter. I thought it was a solid offensive performances or offensive line performance this last week. Um, it just didn't seem like he was comfortable back there, and that's happened a couple times. Um, this year and the final thing I want to bring up is just Eli you had mentioned just the the pass rush and everything like Von Miller he's you know should be fine but they have Ed Oliver up the middle who's an absolute stud Greg Rousseau is having a good year AJS Panessa like he's been solid like they got some uh Daquan Jones like they got guys that can come and get after the passer too you mentioned Sean McDermott also you know Leslie Frazier solid DC they're having a really good year kind of reminds me again of the Giants game like two really really good offensive or two really really good football coaches uh, more on the defensive side with the Bills um, because Ken Dorsey's kind of the mastermind on the offense. But it's going to be an interesting matchup, you guys. I'm. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to be anxious for the game all night or all day because it usually is that way for 720 games. And then also we're going to be waiting for the final injury report to see whether or not we can get I any mean, where the offensive line is going to fall. Like that's really the next thing because I don't think it really matters where the receivers are. Um, not only because the talent I think is similar across the board, but like, whether Watson and, and Watkins are ready to go with those hamstrings, anything can flare up throughout the game because we've seen that happen to both of them this entire year. So path forward for the Packers to win, healthy offensive line, get the best five out there, hopefully, fingers crossed, and run the snot out of the ball even if Eli Berkovitz hates it because he's a huge Aaron Rodgers fan just like myself. Um, Janelle, I will kick it over to you. As we wrap here, what do you got going on in the Packers' fear? Any plans for a 720 game? I know you don't usually have the clinics at night. At least I don't think so. And um, where can everyone get in contact with you and all your Packers content? Yeah, thankfully, um, I'm done working on Sundays, which is super nice. So even though this is a night game, conveniently, I will be able to watch the Packers win or lose every Sunday or whatever. You know, I mean, Mondays, Thursdays could still get a little wonky, but my Sundays are officially dedicated to football once more. So that's super exciting. Um, I know I kind of have been off Twitter a little bit, just, you know, needed that break because it's kind of been, you know, little civil war going on with Packers Twitter all week. Just not, not what I felt like, uh, being a part of. So when I do decide to kind of dive back into all that, you can find me at big Mac underscore four, um, that, and hockey has also started, which is exciting, except for that, Similar to the Packers, the Wild are not exactly off to a hot start. So I am just in misery as a sports fan over here, but I still love them both immensely. So there's going to be a lot of takes like that. And yeah, I mean, should be hopefully, regardless, um, a fun weekend because I'll be with family, but hopefully 
I get to cap off a fun weekend with family with a win in Buffalo. And even if it's, even if it's a loss, I hope it's at least a pretty loss, like a loss that doesn't make me hate everything and feel dead inside. I would take, I would take a pretty loss if I can't have an ugly win. <laughs> Dude, at this point, I mean, I think Andy had talked about it today on the YouTube side. I have no, uh, you know, validation of that statement other than the fact I, fact I saw the thumbnail of the video he posted from there talking about, um, you know, uh, would, would it be like a, a moral vi- or a moral loss or whatever you want to call it? I can't even figure out the term. And it's like something that'll give you hope for like their main yeah, of the season. I guess, but it's like, damn, like you got to win some games at this point. But yeah, I mean, I mean it, four, four in a row, that would yeah. be pretty brutal at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A moral victory is like great and all, especially against the Bills. But like, dude, this is, this is not the time to be getting moral victories when we get into yeah, November like and we need to get some wins. Real victories. Moral victories well, are not. Okay, obviously, I want the win, but if it's going to be a loss, at least make it like a respectable loss. Yeah. It would be nicer than, than just getting completely blown out. But yeah. Let's. Let's stick with what's most likely, which is a Packers blowout win by upwards of. 30. I thought you. Were, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go the other way. Oh, absolutely not! I was we hoping for that. We all know the Packers are gonna trounce the Bills. It's not gonna be close. Who's Josh Allen anyway? Not even I like your. Play. I like your confidence, Eli. Where can everyone else find I, your confidence? Don't let Josh Allen hurdle anybody. I don't need that. Oh, being like, stiff arm, oh, stiff arm people. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like if he drops someone in the dirt, like if he puts Devondre Campbell in the ground, I'm going to be very upset. But that won't <laughs> happen because he's not going to have the chance to when we're winning by so much. But um, my confidence, you can find on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. And uh, you can also find some of my work on YouTube. Uh, subscribe at uh, Eli Berkovitz. And whatever writing I do this year will be over at PackerReport.com, as always. And, of course, every Wednesday night, me, Jen, and Zach over on Game on Wisconsin at Open Book. Make sure to uh, watch that every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central. And uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this game. I think I think it's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. Uh, for myself, Matt Frey, you can find me on Twitter still at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Similar to Eli and Janelle, I also put out some content for Game on Wisconsin. Final dump, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can get the podcast for that on Tuesdays, just like you can get Open Books podcast on Thursday morning after, if you missed the live stream on Wednesdays um other than that guys like it's it, i i think it's just come to the point in the season where i've accepted the fate of the packers if it is a down year but i feel like this is like this is the game i've said this for the last couple of weeks granted it was lesser opponents but like if you can't get up for a game against the best team in the league right now you know across the board they're very sturdy from the coaching staff to the defense to their offensive talent, just the way their organization, to just their fandom. Like, for God's sakes, they're, they they match the Packers sometimes, if not exceed them with some of the crazy antics you see um, in the parking lot RIP tables. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm hoping for a dub, too. It's, again, 720. You just got to wait all well, night for Sunday night. thing, too. It's, like, your prime time. Everybody's watching. Like, it's not like it's a noon game where, like, if something happens, like, maybe people want to have seen it. Everybody's going to be watching this game mm-hmm. and just – I don't need another rough Monday. <laughs> It'll be a tough week on national television if we do not show up and get blown out 
Like that's oh, that's yeah. maybe why I'm <laughs> Eli. Okay. That's maybe why I'd root for a moral victory more we're, or less. We're the so, underdog though, so it's like I mean, don't get blown out, but like it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off being the underdog. Unlike we've been like the last three weeks, where it's like haven't been. Like I feel like the games that we should have been losing we're winning and then the games we should be winning we're losing so who knows i mean things get weird on sunday nights so who knows <laughs> just feed aaron jones and watch the offense flourish and again that's a similar In the thing air, on the ground you're out of receiver i mean he was like the best receiver last week so absolutely I just, they gotta get them they gotta get them both established i've thought that for the last couple weeks just i thought that was gonna be what it takes to turn around but maybe the prime time game and who knows? At, at the at the end of the end of the day, like there's still a lot of season left. You know, they play 17 games now, 18 weeks total. Like it's going to be a long mm-hmm. way to go. NFC's down, but at the end of the day, like be nice to win the division, battle back through the Vikings, and it's just um, this is the first spot to do it. Like you you didn't play up to, I mean, you played significantly down to your competition the last couple of weeks. Hopefully, you can rise to the occasion on SNF. But for Eli Berkovitz, Janelle Mackey, I am Matt Fralick. You guys be well brush some teeth over the weekend if you're having a ton of candy or stealing some candy like all three of us will be doing and as always go, go pack go, go.